So in your bio, I read over, it said that you've worked for BYU-Idaho for about seven years now as a researcher for BYU-Idaho online learning. How did you come to work for BYU-Idaho? So I uh, was working on my PhD at BYU in instructional psychology and technology, and some of the four former graduates from my program worked up here at BYU-Idaho, Ben Fryer, and he came to recruit. They had some job openings and heard about the position and felt like it aligned really well with my interests, and so I applied. You also said in your bio that you like to cook. What would you say is your specialty? Well, I really love Mexican food. My parents, that was their favorite restaurant growing up, and coming here to Rexburg, <laughs> we don't have as many restaurant options as we have in Utah, and just got me into cooking and trying to recreate some of those uh, favorite meals. So currently, I am working on a chips and salsa recipe that's getting really close. I've learned a secret is pickled jalapenos. It's very important. After working here for seven years at BYU-Idaho, what would you say is your favorite part of being here? I really love the people. The people here are dedicated, they're kind. I feel like we're all on the same team trying to help accomplish you know, the great work of education. There's such a different culture here at BYU-Idaho than at other campuses. I mean, this is the only college I've ever been to, but I've known so many other people who are always talking about all the problems that they had with the people at their colleges. It always seems like there's someone always out there to get you, but here everyone just seems to be like trying to have the same goal in mind. Yeah, trying mm -hmm. to help each other succeed. Absolutely. In your opening statement of your talk, you say that you currently serve as a counselor in BYU-Idaho Young Single Adult Ward Bishopric. How long have you been serving in that calling? For a year and a half. What do you think is the most rewarding part of serving in that calling? I think just seeing the students take responsibility, you know, for a lot of them. We got a lot of freshmen who this is their first time being an adult, <laughs> going to church on their own without their families, and just seeing them step up and use their testimony and faith to accomplish the work, it's super inspiring. And what is something that you think you've learned while serving as a YSA ward bishopric? Priesthood power is real. When we set people apart for callings or give blessings, it's just amazing to see that God is there ready to share his words and his love uh, and his confidence as we give those blessings. Your talk is all about callings, whether it's, you know, serving callings, accepting callings. Can you tell me about the process that you went through when you picked your topic and prepared for your talk? So I scanned through a lot of talks that I've given recently for my student ward. <laughs> we speak every semester so we can introduce ourselves to students. So just kind of looked through there and started coming up with some things that just were standing out to me, a bunch of topics. And this one was kind of a surprising one. Like it wasn't one I was ever planning on or ever gave one on. <laughs> mm -hmm. But just a lot of thoughts and ideas started coming around it and uh, scriptures and insights. And I, and I just felt like this was the one. So... I always thought that the board just assigned topics for uh, devotional talks. I can't talk today, speaking of which. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I always thought that, but I really like how you guys, when you speak, are able to pick out your own topics, make yeah. it personal, something that you want to talk about. For sure. And that's the best. Have you ever gone through a phase where you felt your calling wasn't very important or impactful? You know, I've never felt that way. I always felt like each calling I've had has had something to teach me. <laughs> they may not have always been fun, but I always felt like I was making a difference, whether it was being in primary or nursery or Sunday school or wherever I was called to serve. I always felt like I was making a difference. 
Which of your callings were you most excited about when you had the calling extended to you? When I had my first experience of coming to a college ward and, um, you know, going to church as an adult, I was called to be an elders quorum instructor, and I never saw myself as being a good teacher. (laughs) I have a hard time speaking well myself. (laughs) But uh, I just remember after elders quorum, people coming up to me and like, hey, thanks. You know, I really felt the spirit. Like, you really gave me some good things to think about. And... I don't know, that gave me a lot of confidence, and I feel like I've come to grow in that talent of being a teacher, so I've always enjoyed callings to teach. How did you feel when you um, got your calling to serve your mission? I was excited. I opened up my call, and it said the West Indies mission, and had no idea where that was. Thought it was somewhere <laughs> in the Philippines. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was, it was very interesting to realize that uh, I didn't know where everything was in the world. So I told you I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. When I got my calling, it said that I was going to go to the Knoxville, Tennessee mission. Yeah. So my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I w- when I got that calling, I was livid. I was not happy. <laughs> you wanted to go somewhere more exotic? <laughs> yeah, somewhere that I... Well, the thing was, I wound up being driven to my mission. Yeah. And driven home from my mission. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and at one point, I served in northern Georgia for the last three transfers of my mission. Oh, wow. I was an hour and a half away from my house. Yeah, that would be weird. But, yeah, I knew that I wouldn't have had it any other way. When Heavenly Father gives us the calling, then he knows that it's not just for the people that we're going to be serving. It's also for us. What blessings have you personally seen from serving in your callings? For one, it helps me. Callings help, help me to get outside of myself and to start thinking about other people. And they just invite me to strengthen my relationship with God because almost every calling has brought some kind of challenge (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, to overcome. And uh, I think it's in turning to God that we find success, we, we gain greater abilities, we increase our faith. I was really impressed about what you said in your talk about the different definitions of the word ward. You talked about why exactly would that be called a ward. So could you talk about some of the um, information that you found while studying that? Yeah, I, I mean, just one day I was like, why in the word, why why do we use the word ward? Like, that's such a weird word. Where did that even come from? <laughs> yeah. And I saw first that from the Netherlands, they would call different districts of a city like a ward. Mm-hmm. And and I think that might have played into like using that word. But, you know, I, I couldn't find anywhere that said, you know, we're picking the word ward <laughs> to mean this thing. But I think there's a lot of great different definitions out there that are interesting and really align with scriptures about why we gather together and how Zion is built and strengthened and unified. And I thought those definitions were very beautiful. So the definition of ward being like an area enclosed by castle walls and wardens the you know the people who kept watch and stood guard around the castle to keep it safe just really aligned with some scriptures in the doctrine and covenants about how zion is a defense and then thinking too about you know the definitions of ward for a hospital you know they they see a warden someone who comes in as you know being under their guard under their care and protection and in that area they're going to help build up their strength and capacity. And I thought that's definitely what's going on in church. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I love learning about these words that we read about in the scriptures or in just church vocabulary. You know, you never really think about it, but then when you do and you really look it up, 
then it, it becomes so much more important to you. It means so much more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm so glad that you shared that in your talk. What have been some of your favorite callings or the ones that you think you've learned the most from? The one that I definitely learned the most from, I reference in my talk about being called as a ward mission leader. Every general conference, when they talk about every member a missionary, <laughs> I was saying, you know, I think I'd rather do the temple and family history work. You know, that's that one's much more comfortable for me. <laughs> Don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, being a, a missionary is you got to really put yourself out there and you don't want to offend somebody. Uh, you don't want to be pushy. You want to be authentic. And that's just a big challenge for me. And, you know, when I received the calling, I really wanted to do my best. And, you know, it was a struggle trying to have the right love, have the courage and the boldness. And I just found that if you pray, you know, God will use, you know, whatever you can give, however little it may be. So that one I learned the most from. I think I've really loved serving here in the bishopric, just feel the spirit a lot every Sunday. I think every sacrament meeting has become so much more spiritual just because I feel the love and the faith of our board members showing up to to worship and to serve each other, and I think that's been amazing. Yeah, in your talk you wrote about how you're an introvert, right? Yes, for sure. So am I. So I I can definitely relate with that because I've definitely had to say a lot of prayers, asking <laughs> asking Heavenly Father to help me to fulfill a certain calling, whether it was in church. Well, they're all in church, but you know, in like a church calling or um, on my mission. Yes, yeah. that's something that I've had to struggle with a lot. Going through the refiner's fire, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. With these callings, there's always something that Heavenly Father wants us to learn and develop ourselves, too. Yep. He's going to push us. Yeah. And it reminded me about how God will never give us a task without giving us a way to accomplish it. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. In preparing this talk, it was something that kind of opened my eyes were the number of people who don't receive callings in church and how that can be a painful experience. And I just felt a lot for these people and just wanted them like, you know, if I if I search my heart and, you know, how God feels about callings in the church and and members of the church, I think he loves every single one of them. And we may not always understand why things happen with people who get callings and people who don't. But I think God always has something for us to do, like that we are all needed. I loved the scripture about how God has organized us into a body and every member is important to the body in order for it to function. And sometimes we just need to find our place in that body and our role and understand what we can contribute. I think, you know, being in a bishopric, it's hard, (laughs) especially in a student ward where we got 14 weeks before the semester ends and we got to do this all over again, trying our best to to fill callings. I think leaders are fallible um, and make mistakes, but I think that God is perfect and he loves us all and he has a work for us to do. And so that's, that's just a testimony I gained as I prepared this call or this talk. That was beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in today. I've really enjoyed our time together. Yeah, thanks, Noah.